0: This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code REALSIMPLE at checkout to get 10% off. Hello, and welcome to I Want to Like You, a weekly podcast from Real Simple about how to handle the irritating people in your life with goodwill and grace. I'm Kristen Van Ochtrop, the editor of Real Simple, and with me today is Jodi R.R. Smith, founder of Manor Smith Etiquette Consulting in Boston. She's the author of the From Clueless to Class Act book series and has been a frequent guest, lucky for me, on this podcast. Hi, Jodi. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me back on. Oh, anytime. So, so today we're talking about, for lack of a better way to describe this, Jekyll and Hyde type people. So I am sure, now you are an etiquette expert. I'm a magazine editor. Neither one of us is a psychologist. I'm sure there's some other word. Now, and I don't mean someone with like serious, any kind of serious mental illness here. I mean like people who behave erratically, but are otherwise fairly... I don't know. Are we allowed to use the word normal or is normal a bad word to use? I don't know. I just...
1: I'm not sure there's anybody that actually qualifies what? as normal these
0: days. There's not. You're right. And I feel like it's such a minefield using a word like normal. But but you know, so is there, when you think of people who behave kind of unpredictably in that you never know if you're going to get Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde, is there something you call that kind of person that's not Jekyll and Hyde?
1: I usually say that there's somebody who tends to run hot or cold.
0: Oh hot or cold and we
1: all have do you have
0: people or can you think of people in your life that you have had to deal with like this.
1: Well, I'm not going to name names. Well, no. I have encountered these people on a regular occurrence, both in the workplace and in my in my more personal life. Um, these are people that if you're out in the world, if you're interacting with people, you will find these people in both your professional circles and in your personal circles. And it's just a question of figuring out how to, to navigate and deal with them.
0: What do you think the motivation is? Like, Is this like people with no impulse control, or is this people who don't care enough about modulating their behavior for for other people? Like, what, what drives this?
1: I actually think it's people who are incapable of modulating their behavior. And I'm not putting a judgment call on whether that's good or bad, but I think there are some people on the face of this world, who feel things so deeply that whatever the predominant emotion is for that exact moment in time, that is the only emotion Mm. that they can feel. So if you've ever interacted with toddlers, this is the way they act. And Mm -hmm. some of us outgrow this stage, and some of us keep it well into adulthood. Mm -hmm.
0: Or teenagers.
1: Yes, teenagers. Well, teenagers, we can give them the excuse that it's the hormones coursing through their systems, that they can't possibly control everything. Mm-hmm. But once you get through the teenage years, you should be able to regulate it. But there are people who can't. You're right. We shouldn't, when we're thinking
0: of hot and cold, running hot and cold, or Jekyll and Hyde, let's take toddlers out of the equation. Let's take teenagers out of the equation. We're really talking about adults here. I, I mean, I love your your philosophy or your, your feeling that These are people who feel things so deeply. That's so generous. This is why you're an etiquette expert. That's such a generous way of looking at this super irritating behavior. I mean, I had a boss years ago, and I think your assessment would really describe her. You know, she – and I was was young, very early in my career, but you never knew what you were going to get. And it was really hard to work for a person like that, particularly when you – when it's your boss – and so you kind of have no power in the relationship, and you feel like you're walking on eggshells all the time. Like, so, Jody, yeah. if, if you could talk to the 26-year-old Kristen Van Ogtrop, who had this boss, like, what would you say to her in terms of how to handle that, that person when you've well, got no power— like-
1: well, that's the, the first thing I would say is you do have power Oh, because even though this person is above you in the organizational hierarchy, you have the ability to walk away from the job. Now, I know that's not an ideal situation, and that certainly shouldn't be your first uh, go-to idea to walk in and quit, but being able to say to yourself, you know what? If this person treats me in this way, I can always get a job at the Gap or I can always get a job waiting tables. What that does is that helps to reaffirm the fact that you do have power. We don't have the control over the way other people treat us, Mm -hmm. but we do have control over the way we react to them. Right. So I would say to you, Kristen, listen. You have to know that this behavior, what you're seeing, has nothing to do with you Mm -hmm. and everything to do with your boss and her inability to regulate her own emotions. So you have to emotionally separate out the way that she's treating you and the way that you're going to react to her. Mm -hmm. And then what I would tell you to do is to work on some of the mantras so that when she's screaming at you, you say the same thing every time, something like, I'm happy to help you. I need you to take a breath so you can tell me what to do first. Or it seems like you need some time. I'm going to go step outside. I'll be at my desk. Buzz me when you're ready to talk.
0: So I love that. I don't think I could have done that, though. I like. I don't think I could say it seems to me like you need to take some time. She'd be like, well, you screw you. That for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just – I. I don't know if I would make, I I don't know if I would be able to, to verbalize that assumption. You know what I mean? Like, I think I would probably do the thing. Like I'd step outside, I'd remove myself, but I don't think I would say to her, it looks to me like you, blah, 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 because I think she would have like flipped her lid, you know?
1: Well, she, depending on who it was, that that might've been the the reaction. And so figuring out a way for you to be able to handle it or just let them rant and put on your same face and wait for them to get to the total end of the rant, and then you say, how can I help you now?
0: So do you think, so here's another thing I'm wondering in thinking about this kind of person. What's tough to me about being in a relationship with a Jekyll and Hyde type person is that it seems like you are always the reactive one. Like, they are so driving the tenor of your interactions. Do you think that's true, or am I, do, do I need to be thinking about this more broadly?
1: Well, I want you to I want you to reframe the interaction, which is you constantly reacting to them, mm-hmm. to when they are the doc, the the Mr. Jekyll, to change the way that you interact with them. Mm-hmm. So if they're being the the nice sweet, kind person that you know that they really want to be all the time, wonderful, enjoy the interaction, have a great time working for them, going out to coffee with them, whatever it happens to be. Mm -hmm. But when they're in one of their moods, you have to prevent yourself from reacting. Now, in the short term, you can deal with these people on a, on a short-term basis, but especially when it's somebody who you work for that you report into, mm-hmm. you need to be able to step way back mm-hmm. and ask yourself, in the long run, is it worth me staying in this job and dealing with this unprofessional behavior on a day-to-day basis? Mm-hmm. Because at some point, it is going to take a toll on your mental health. So are there other jobs in the same organization or the same company, or do you need to update your resume and go somewhere else?
0: Could you, in a moment of calm, when you're getting along with this person, now whether this person is your boss or your coworker or your husband or, you know, whatever, your dear friend, could you say, I have trouble knowing how to respond, When you are when you're clearly really frustrated or you're clearly um, having a really, really tough day And, and kind of make it be about like, tell me how to handle you. And then in that way, you kind of, I will say sort of passive aggressively, call attention to their behavior in a way that maybe they don't even see it.
1: Absolutely. It's worth a shot. It definitely is worth a shot. The question is how self-aware the other person is. So if I'm the one that goes a little bit crazy when I'm feeling stressed and I start screaming at you and I turn into a whole other person altogether, and at a time when I'm calm, you sit down and you say, Jodi, you know, I love working with you. You have such creative ideas. Occasionally it seems like you get a little bit uh, too focused or hyper-focused on something, and I look at you and go, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm hmm So it really depends. If you have somebody who's even moderately self-aware, then by all means have the conversation when they're calm Mm -hmm. and see what they say. But there are lots of people out there who act this way that have no idea. So I had somebody in my personal life, who ran this hot and cold Sometimes I would see her and it would be great She was so much fun, she was so interesting She was a pleasure to be around We'd laugh the entire time And then other times she would be cold as ice mm. And so one time when she was being sweet and nice I actually said to her You know, sometimes when we get together I feel like maybe there's something that I'm doing that's upsetting you It seems like you're not enjoying your time with me And she looked me dead in the face And said, I have no idea what you're talking about mm-hmm. Now, someone who's completely unaware of their own behavior, it's going to be hard for me to say, when you're acting that way, how can I help you?
0: Do you think she really had no idea or did she just not want to deal with it?
1: No, no, no. I think she really had no idea. And this was somebody who would say, I don't understand why I don't keep friends. I'm friends with people. And then all of a sudden, they don't want to get together with me anymore. Mm -hmm. She had no self-awareness. And so for a little while, I was trying to, to help her because I would say, well, do you remember when I saw you on Wednesday and you didn't want to talk at all? And she, she really didn't have, there was no, no ability to self-reflect or mm-hmm. to hold up a mirror or anything. And so what I decided was this was somebody who on their good days, their good days outweighed their bad days, yeah. that this was somebody who I did want in my social circle. And what I decided was that when she was being the person that I enjoyed, I would spend time with her I didn't we'd have a great time and that when she was being cold and distant mm-hmm. I would just cut the interaction short and I would know that this is about her. I don't know whether she was depressed, I don't know whether she was chemically imbalanced, I don't know if she had something going on in her work life. I it, I'm not that wasn't the type of relationship I wasn't there to fix her, mm-hmm. but what I decided was that when things were good, I was going to let things go, we we're going to have a great time, and that when things were bad, I would cut the interaction short and enjoy the time the next time I saw her.
0: And then, and so how did that work out? Did it work out? It's
1: been working great. Yeah, it's still going on. That's so but interesting. The second, the, the moment that I decided I was not responsible for her behavior mm-hmm. and that I could be only responsible for my actions instead of reacting to her, it made the entire relationship. I think in, in the world today... We think everything has to be perfect all the time or everything has to be good all the time. And I think as we mature, we can come to the realization that certain friendships are closer and certain friendships are more distant Mm -hmm. and that certain people are more capable for being there for you and others aren't and that you have to look at a relationship on the whole and over the long term and this is, this is somebody who, on the whole and over the long term, the positives outweigh the negatives. Mm-hmm. However you decide to define them for that particular relationship, then you let things go. And when it gets to a point where it's emotionally damaging to you, that's when you decide to end that relationship or that friendship.
0: So it sounds as if your your advice for, you know, if it's a work colleague or someone in your family, say, is the same, which is gauge how well you can handle it, right? And, and how, it, how much it's affecting your happiness. And if you can't, if, it, if the negatives are too great, you need to get out of the relationship.
1: Exactly. So let's say this is not somebody who, so we'll get back to the teenager in the house in a second, but let's say this is somebody more distant. So let's say it's a cousin. Mm-hmm. Make sure that when you invite them to gatherings, that they're not the only person you invite. Invite other people as well. So that way, if they're being a happy, joyful person, you can enjoy the interaction. And if they're not, if they're being the sour, negative, distant person, there are other people so that you're not, that that event, that evening, that dinner, that brunch is not being ruined by that single person Mm -hmm. having a snit that particular day. Mm -hmm. So figure out a way that's going to make it work for you. Now, if it's somebody who you're much closer to, so a child who is living in your house, whose moods are really starting to affect everybody in the house, Mm -hmm. that's when when the person is in a good mood. Sit down and speak with them because they can't possibly like that. They have to know that their moods are getting out of control. And talk to them and talk about, well, when you're acting this way, when you start screaming at mom, Mm -hmm. how do you think we should handle this? Should I send you to your room? Should I kick you out of the house and make you run around the block a couple of times? Mm -hmm. Should I take your cell phone away or privilege away? What do you think is going to work for you? And even though they're teenagers, timeouts work wonders. And the other people in the household are going to be looking to the parental unit to see how things are going. So if you have a teenager who's out of control, and let's blame it on the hormones, and they're making dinner incredibly unpleasant, Mm -hmm. that's when you say, you know what, I think you're done with dinner. Why don't you go up to your room and start on your homework? Mm -hmm. And then purposely bring the mood back to something positive and family-oriented for everybody else who's in that house.
0: The offices of Real Simple recently moved downtown in Manhattan, and now I take the subway, which I haven't done in many years. And one of the most interesting things I've seen on the subway lately are the ads for Squarespace, which are incredibly beautiful. There's a guy, like, climbing a gorgeous mountain. There's this really pretty shot of what looks like black raspberry ice cream, which is, you know, black raspberry ice cream never fails to catch your attention when you're riding the subway. And it's just, those ads speak to me about how Squarespace really values beauty. And if you're a person who is building your own personal website, I can tell you, as the editor of Real Simple, who sees a lot of ugly websites out there, beauty is really important. It's easy to achieve with Squarespace because you don't know how to code. Well, if you're me, you don't know how to code. You don't have to know how to code. And the tools are really intuitive and easy to use. Not only that, but you will get a free domain if you sign up for a year using Squarespace now. So if you want to build your own beautiful website and start your free trial today, go to squarespace.com, and when you decide to sign up, make sure you use the offer code REAL SIMPLE, and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. It has taken me a long time as the mother of teenagers to realize that if I like yell back, it just, it gets worse. Like if you can disengage and not get dragged down into whatever emotional storm they're having, uh, it, it benefits everybody, but gosh, it's hard.
1: <laughs> and sometimes it, yeah, it's, it's absolutely, I completely concur. It's incredibly difficult. And to be able to take a step back and say to the teenager who is, absolutely raging out of control because you asked them to put their sneakers in the closet instead mm-hmm. in the middle of the living room mm-hmm. rug, to step back and say, you know what, I'm I'm guessing this really isn't about the sneakers. Did something happen at practice today? Mm-hmm. And see if you can get past what the the obvious situation is right. down to the deeper level to find out if there's really something else going on. And you can do that at home, but you're not always able to do that at work. But at
0: work, you can also think, I mean, I think as, you're, as you've said a couple of times in this podcast, like when you're dealing with the unpredictable boss or coworker or whatever, you have to keep reminding yourself, this is not about me. I mean, maybe every once in a while, if you screw up, maybe it is about you. But for the most part, with the person who shows this pattern of behavior, it's not about you. It's about something else happening in their own heads.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And there are, when you're in a workplace, if you're in a healthy work environment, there are other people you can talk to. So you can obviously talk to your peers. So if there's other people that report into the same loopy boss, you can find out, now, do you find that she reacts to you the same way? What are the triggers? Are there things that you found that work to make it a little bit easier? So there's a little bit of misery loves company, mm-hmm. being able to talk to others. And if you're in a really healthy work environment, you can go to human resources. Mm -hmm. and talk to them about it now back in the olden olden days when I worked for somebody like this and I went to human resources they actually told me flat out this person brings in so much money to this organization that we're not going to tell her anything Mm -hmm. and therefore you have a choice to make
0: that's horrible
1: well you know what but it gave me my power back yeah that's true now I knew this is this is what's going to be happening uh, from nine to five when I'm in this office. And now I have a decision to make. Do I want to stay in this environment or do I want to find a place that's a little healthier?
0: And what, so what did you do?
1: I updated my resume. There was no way. And it's really, the thing that I found most interesting was this was somebody who threw staplers at people, uh, slammed doors, wiped everything off of people's desks onto the floor. I mean, this was somebody who, when she was in a good mood was delightful and when she was in a bad mood you had to i would hide in the bathroom i mean she was really scary and i was petrified i didn't sleep the night before when i was going in to give my notice Mm -hmm. and the second i gave my notice she turned into my best friend
0: if you ever need a recommendation
1: if you ever want to come back to the organization but i think the reason that she she changed is because she no longer had any control over me or any power I had taken my power back. Right, and she also
0: didn't want you to go out in the world and say horrible things about her, probably.
1: Right, which is why I'm not going to say her name.
0: (laughs) That's okay. You've painted a really good picture, so we don't need a name. (laughs) Okay, Jody, that is all we've got time for today. Jody R.R. R. Smith, who is the founder of Maynard Smith Etiquette Consulting in Boston, she's the author of From Clueless Class Act, which is a book series, and a really always, always appreciated guest on this podcast. Thank you so much, Jody, for being here. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Our producer is Kristen Meinzer, our editor is Tim Einenkel and Caitlin Peary helps me put together this podcast from the Real Simple offices. Please let us know what you think of the show. Our Twitter handle is at Real Simple, or you can tweet ideas directly to me at Kay Van Ogtrop. For more on irritating people and how to handle them, go to realsimple.com. And of course, subscribe to us in iTunes. For Jody R.R. R. Smith, I'm Kristen Van Ogtrop. Thanks for joining us.